0: kind like
1: actually important and not back so Yeah, no be- like people are dumb. There are people that will go to me and be like, Oh your name's Sky, beat me up Sky, haha, you've heard that and I'll be wow and they'll be like and I, so <laughs> what I'll do is like, yo, I yo, that's really good. <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> I always that's get so the mean. Marcus Darling, you know from Boomerang. Yeah. Marcus Darling. And you're like you'd know. you, be like, what is that from? That's so good. i am like, <laughs> man, oh thank you. I never heard that Star Trek one. <laughs> you like Star Trek? Oh no! And then and then they get uncomfortable because they know I'm fucking with them because obviously I've heard me up I'm named after Scotty. Oh
0: wow! Yeah. <laughs> um, Do he, you
1: get any of
0: those? Wait, are you really?
1: Did you? T- I never knew that. Did I? yeah. So I was supposed to be a Sarah. Uh huh. But then they found out midway through the pregnancy that I wasn't to be a Sarah. Uh-huh. I, was ending, mm. I was gonna be a boy not a girl though you know boys can be named Sarah too but it was a different time that wasn't what my parents wanted to do because uh, they're my family's Jewish and as you are want to do you name named after a, a dead relative yeah so I was gonna be named after my dad's bubby Sarah mm-hmm. uh, and is that
0: a thing yes I swear I didn't know. I said yeah okay. yeah yeah and you that. can never be named after a living person
1: yeah because that's like, bad well, that's why we don't do juniors yeah in the Jewish tradition, I mean, people do because like we're postmodernists now. I'm, I'm thinking now, some like I my close Jewish friends
2: Jewish. are named after their like grandparents, yeah. And mm-hmm. my uncle, oh man, Yeah So, but, like, see, that's, I'm fascinated, by it. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, because
1: like I remember, I was like, you know, if I have a kid, it's gonna be named after my dad if it's a boy, because that's just what we do.
2: <clears> we did have that conversation because I want to name my son Marcus. Yeah,
1: and i was oh, like, no, well, I met, like, like, But you gotta name yeah. your dad. You gotta name your kids after your parents. And you were like, no, I'm gonna name my kid Marcus.
0: This one. Hi, is Frank Smith the third? <laughs> okay.
2: So I was, I was the, almost the Willard. Was just that good. I was almost Willard the fourth. Oh, no, I'm wow. stop to that. I've said this before but these are new guests yes, Yeah, yes. We yes. haven't even story.
1: introduced the show But I like that sort of style okay. We're getting close to a hundred so we've got to try different things Right. In- media, yes. in- yeah. in- in media rest In media rests, yeah, which I love saying And then not explaining to people I, like, I just like <laughs> messing with people, it's fun um, Yeah, so I, was, so I was They were like, oh well What, what is the closest parallel to Sarah? It's Sam mm-hmm. And my parents were like, oh I don't really like the name Sam And my dad was like, well Star Trek's awesome
0: <laughs> he is right
1: uh, he's correct and um yeah I mean, watch every single Star Trek movie together until he passed away um Aww. it's such as life parents die this is true um this is Zebras in America oh hey y'all you like movies
0: yes
1: yes I do indeed alright this is Zebras in America episode 90 something unsure about the sequencing cause we're recording a couple episodes today uh we have some guests here today. Yes. Mark, do you want to? Sure. We have uh,
2: <coughs> guest Ilana uh, Levine here. She's, uh, huh?
0: Ilana Levin.
2: Levin. Sorry. Levin. Sorry, sorry. That's, uh, sorry. I gave
1: you the Jewish names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and, a uh, legitimate pronunciation. It's just not mine. Yeah. So he's not like wrong. He's just incorrect.
2: And uh, writer, podcaster, uh, presenter, lover of art. Uh, is renaissance woman renaissance person is that yeah that's
0: fair enough sure uh yeah i i'm the uh host of graphic policy radio where comics and politics meet uh a podcast predominantly talking about comics but also some comics adjacent media through a specifically political analysis lens
1: why can't we have fun why do we have to make political political? it's just comments are political no. i liked it back in the 80s when they were just like regular <laughs> comics
0: yeah wasn't politicized. the x-men was in no way a metaphor for anything
1: see okay
2: <clears throat> so this is why what which one of the reasons i wanted to have you on the show no. is oh that, i was
0: being tongue-in-cheek
1: but no I, I, oh yeah <laughs>
2: but, well that's why because scott's very much into comics um as are you and i thought you guys you know you guys have also been in the same vicinity before Uh, Shout out to Kevin Geeks Out Uh, Both me and you were former presenters um, And I just thought it would be like a really good match uh, Just for the show But for you and Scott specifically Kevin uh, Geeks Out
1: gives me such sadness Because they're the greatest things They're so well put together But I always get tremendous anxiety when I go to those things Mm. Because I have social anxiety Mm. So it's like all these cool people Talking about cool things Like very carefully put together Like the thing that you did, the lady wrestling. Mm-hmm. Female was wrestling, was, right? Yeah,
2: on, on managers. No, yeah. I'm not yeah. trying
1: to be sexist. I feel like lady wrestling is the is thing. That's title. sort of the brand, I guess. Well, that was yeah. the title of the
2: show. Oh, no, I didn't mean to correct you. I just said, yeah, that was the, <laughs> the title of the show was Lady Wrestling. Yeah. It's not like I, I said respect, anything wrong.
1: I respect women wrestling. You know, I was just like, you know.
0: Goes without saying.
1: Yeah, or like that. We did, there was a Stephen King one that was
3: awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: it has been a few, actually. yes. Yeah. Kevin, you thought it was heavy on the Stephen King Yo,
1: did y'all see the trailer for Dr. Sleep? I did no. Yeah,
2: the, the Shining sequel. What? The yeah. Shining. sequel I the don't Shining
0: know sequel. how I feel about that existing, but <clears throat> okay, I suppose it's. Compelling. Yeah, it's
2: you and McGregor. It's um. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! You really? It's it's like he's like you were the yeah. chosen one. <laughs> kind of, something like that, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you McGregor is Danny. Yeah. Okay. Oh he's
1: the, shit! He's the kissing,
3: kissing kid. Yeah. yeah. I I've, I've only seen the screenshot of him looking through the door like uh, Jack. Like Tarris. Jack Torrance, yeah. yeah. But there's oh, also man. like.
2: There's a scooter shot in the in the Overlook Hotel. There's all this kind. Who's of this the
3: director? Yeah.
2: Who is the director? Yeah. I'm not so
1: kidding. y'all y'all talk amongst yourselves. Okay,
3: okay. we'll find that out. You yeah, know, I hadn't heard uh, anything hey. about that. Okay. I'm the other guest.
0: Oh, okay. sorry. About guest. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, we
1: do this we, thing where we don't. Where, we, where it takes us a
3: very long time to get to things. Sorry, <laughs> kind of, they'll recognize me. Right. We have
2: um, <laughs> another Kevin geeks out regular, another really awesome guy, listener of the show, fan of the show. Yes. Alana's husband. It's true. Yep.
3: I'm Alana's plus one. She's te- <laughs>
2: technically, she did, int- by name, she did introduce you in a kind of in an organic way. Frank yep. Smith, the th- she said your whole name. Oh, yeah. Frank
3: yeah. A. Smith the third. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan.
1: Flan Absentia, Flan yeah, Oculus, Hush Before I Wake, Ouija, the Ouija movie.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I guess that makes sense, then.
3: <laughs> a horror guy. Okay. Yeah. That was supposed to be decent, right? What's that? Ouija
2: yeah i haven't seen it
1: but what i love about ouija boards is that for over 200 years it's relied on one person being a dick yeah yeah
0: i mean the graphic design is really compelling and you see them now on all kinds of printed objects and art like the past eight or so years it's so funny and i'm like this is just a graphic design thing you guys just like things that look victorian
1: yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's fine. like, it's cute. Cause, yeah, I mean, there's other ways to, like, talk to ghosts. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot more fun ways, you know, like, you know, light some candles, take some mushrooms, burn some sigils. Is way more fun than asking a board game if your grandma is
3: here and mad at you.
0: Because <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer Not is mad,
3: disappointed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's like, why are you doing this, like, goyish, pagan thing? This is very uncomfortable <laughs> for me. See, I was
2: going to... Is that, like, a thing, too? Like, grandma's... See, I didn't have that. My grandma would be in Oh, no, mine wouldn't is that, really. No? Okay, I'm just... Okay, I didn't. But it's common. It's very common. That's why I asked. Like, I'm trying to... I'm <laughs> lightly, I don't know, you know. Like, a Jewish thing. I, I don't oh, know. Like, you said... Is yeah. that is that why? Is that... What? Would they be Grandmothers being disappointed. Because yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. And then you uh, yeah, guys are yeah. saying it.
1: I mean, you yeah. know, like, disappointment and guilt is, like, part of the thing. Right? Yeah.
2: Which I know. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. I've just heard that stuff. Yes. i am always like, is it? Uh,
1: yeah, so, you, so you, you talk about where politics and comics intersect. Yes. And there's been a very loud blowback <laughs> from people lately about people talking about intersections in comic books, and it's a very loud, violent, Yes, and I'd like to say minority, but I'm not yeah, sure it is. Yeah,
0: I feel like it is minority based <clears throat> on what I experience when I go to cons and stuff like that. I mean, there are plenty of fellow critics who I interact with who do not analyze culture predominantly through a lens that they would describe as political, although of course it is, because we exist as political beings in the world. But I've found that any good critic who isn't predominantly focused on doing things from a political or cultural analysis is certainly not out there complaining that we are. Like, the only people who I see criticizing it are people who are clearly dumb as hell. So it's fine for you if you're like gonna be a you know, strict formalist and don't understand how that's actually political as well. Like, if that's your thing, that's okay. But the only people who are like, rah rah, get politics out of your comics are like people who don't know how, who Jack Kirby was often don't actually read comics, and are not even actual critics. I mean, a lot of this is coming out of Gamergate, which itself was predominantly organized to harass women and was not basically about games at all. So this is sort of a culture war that's being played out in the mediums that we love, to the detriment of the mediums that we love and to the detriment of everybody in fandom, really.
1: Right, and it also, like, it's so ironic that people who, before nerd culture was a popular culture, it was a place where people would go because they felt, like, isolated. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the isolated people are picking on the other... Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the more isolated yeah. people.
0: I mean, I can tell you as, like, a former member of various musical subculture scenes that... I mean, I don't know that people ever picked on folks for being insufficiently goth, but you certainly judged people. But there's a range you know, between I mean, judging someone versus harassing. Well, like, I'm I'm
2: sorry. Gi- goth kids got picked on. My
0: high oh yeah, no, we oh, were oh, just oh, snobby to other people.
2: <clears throat> to a certain degree, I mean, <laughs> where right, I'm from like, is not big on bullying. So like, if you bullied, it was like a big like mm-hmm. it was like the record scratch everything like what? There's like, like bow house, it, it I mean, no, no, it's
1: Bauhaus goths and like mall gods so yes like, mm-hmm. um, I'm just talking
2: more than mall gods well
1: my fiance was telling me that like people that optically look goth now in like Brighton Beach and shit they listen to Paramore
0: it's very confusing <laughs> for me as well I'm old and Cause confused because I'm, I'm
1: just like oh like I see someone with like a Cannibal Corpse shirt I assume that they like Cannibal Corpse not that it's a shirt like this company <laughs> Supreme makes yeah, $200 yes. t-shirts of classic rap albums mm-hmm. yeah so like, I, I you know, I, I tried to talk about the fact that I trained Jiu Jitsu every single episode because that's not obnoxious at all. No, no. <laughs> um, so like, I ran into this kid that I was training Jiu Jitsu with on the street with his boyfriend. And I was like, oh, hey man. And he had this Capone Noriega shirt of like their first album, which is a classic rap album. I'm like, oh the man. The War Report. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, that's awesome that you like Capone Noriega. Like you got the War Report. I didn't even know they ever made a shirt of that. He was like, "This is just a, a supreme shirt." So, oh, no, same thing. It's I was so like, <clears throat> walking down
2: the street, and I point it's the same same shirt. It was on a black hoodie, but it's. I was like, "Hey, man, like your Capone Rodriguez shirt," and he goes. What's Capone? This it was oh, just okay. the image. There oh. were actually no there were no letters, so it was just them standing in front of the oh. Queensbridge housing projects. But it's the album cover, just no let you know no words. And I was like, like a Capone Ortega shirt, and he was just like, "What's Capone Noriega? Like,
0: so as yeah. yeah, as a generally female type person, I have on occasion considered not buying certain band shirts because mm-hmm. I think people would assume that I did not know the band that I was just there for the graphic Shit. design. So like, I recently bought. You know, I will admit this. I like some bad eighties hair metal, but that's actually secretly good. I bought a super old school looking. <coughs> I can't believe I'm going on your show and being like, listen to my bad taste. I bought a Cinderella t shirt from the eighties hair metal band who had one of the best freaking lead singers of the era, by the way. And I had a moment of thinking to myself: people are going to think I'm in this for the graphic design, and I actually really like and I'm very knowledgeable about bad eighties hair <coughs> metal, but I give up.
1: I mean, the thing that like so like a lot of the a lot of the the rap a lot of rap took on heavy metal iconography yeah. because it's good <laughs> like, like 80s fonts yeah. for, for metal bands are really good they're way more interesting than a lot well, of other Similar, to, yeah.
0: oh yeah Frank is wearing an Frank emperor is, shirt yeah. Frank is usually wearing an emperor shirt well, yeah. I that, see I <laughs> thought
1: that said spank rock <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's what I believe in but not what I wear
2: uh, we had a we had an interesting talk about iconography. We were at a Kevin Geeks Out show, mm-hmm. and Frank had listened to our Mandy episode, and then we yeah. like Frank, oh, you yeah. were getting really deep into the you know. I mean, I know the movie was rooted and based in heavy, hard heavy yeah. stuff, yeah. but you're kind of Frank's also kind of an encyclopedia, as far as <laughs> like I'm concerned, that. of of heavy heavy metals. Yeah. Yes. Right uh, yes, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like uh, like
3: Arminio, who might be listening, uh, did a really great job on. Oh, we John Armelia! Yeah, shout out to him. Yeah. He's a big. He always yeah. shares our episodes. He, just he's just on he's my show. Listener. Yeah, twice. John's a
2: really yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. We should we mm-hmm. should get him on sometime. It, yeah. Hearing
3: him made me think uh, more deeply about it. Just in case I somehow, some way ended up on somebody's podcast and they asked me a question about it. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mandy, you know they use the logos they my favorite uh fact about that is that they based that crazy axe that uh Nicolas Cage's character makes they based it on the the Celtic Frost logo which was um you know for people like me it's like a a holy icon and you know um and he went nuts with it and it's sort of like to me like i'm not uh I, i somehow forget that people don't wouldn't recognize that because they're like a, like a foundational band like like three <coughs> levels beyond Emperor sure. in the fundamental category and
2: uh, which I always like appreciate because I don't listen to heavy metal but I'm big as Scott well Scott I think has a wider range of music listening than I do but in terms more of more like you. <laughs> but in terms of like hip hop we're both big underground heads so I'm mm-hmm. always fascinated even if yeah. it's a music genre I don't listen to I'm always fascinated by like subcultures of some genres of underground of a certain thing like it's it's all me too i I can respect
1: the the depth of it because i didn't even know all that i just thought it was a really great grief movie
0: Mm.
3: yeah i mean i love a movie
1: about addiction yes
3: yeah it's like the and also like a, a celebration of like 80s pulp Horror novel, like paperback covers, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's reading a book like that. I yeah. Uh, and Andy is doing that. And her, her, her
0: colored pencil art. Like, I know that girl, and she totally <laughs> does do that particular colored pencil art. She definitely had those glasses back then, and like I know what bands she listens oh, to. Oh, you mean yeah.
2: Mandy? Ma- yeah, yeah, Mandy, Mandy. Okay, right, right, and
0: right. definitely would laugh, as with all of us, in the fucking rapey penis of this guy's, like, really substandard, like, this is, like, he's not even good enough to be Charles Manson's band, you know, um, but I was Charles like... Charles was actually a pretty good songwriter. The stuff you uh, wrote for the
1: Beach Boys, not... not no,
0: not I just... I stuff. can't credit him too much for that. Like, you're still working with, like, Beach Boys. Right. I don't know. They're the Beach Boys. And they, so they were able to turn it into something else. I mean, he's not the worst, but I wouldn't say good. How like, about that?
1: Okay. Like, I'm saying, like, he's better than the band that did Horse With No Name.
0: That song is so fucking bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, okay. say, I'm not saying he's good.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Maybe I did say that.
2: You did, take but that's back. fine.
0: Um, I just I, I get don't excited. Know I Maybe it's get, just
1: a, a nostalgic thing.
0: It, because it's no, mom radio. People for think, of us. It,
1: people it think it's Neil Young. But Neil Young is a far more gifted songwriter than that, and,
0: and more yeah. unique in his vocal approach and his use
1: of grammar. <clears throat> well, as my dad <laughs> used
2: to say, he was on that list of like people who can't actually sing but are talented at the same time.
1: Like Lou Reed,
2: David. Lou Reed. Oh, I
0: love it. Yeah. Although David, Trent, yeah, Trent, yeah, David Trent,
2: Byrne... Absolutely. But, <laughs> but David Byrne's an amazingly talented human being. I love his music.
0: And it's certainly it it's about the delivery. I like
1: biking.
2: <laughs> he almost hit me with a bike once. Yeah, I'm saying I really
0: like <laughs> That specific. is very New York. Yeah. Yeah. He, designed right right yeah. he designed some bicycle uh, racks. 14th <throat> and He designed some bicycle racks for the city he wearing, actually. wearing like a giant ass bike helmet? <laughs>
3: no, that's he was. He suit. was.
2: No, he was wearing an all white foundational suit with blue stripes. It was like a white primary suit with blue pinstripes uh it the sports wearing, jacket uh, rick, and the everything rick and uh, darth vader hat no they, they, they were really light blue on. shoes though
0: so then here's the question yeah. frank you're not into talking heads really would you watch the talking heads documentary stop making sense because of the director
3: uh jonathan demi yeah. uh I I would I've heard so many people list that as a favorite movie and I like enough Talking Heads songs that I you do it anyway. Well, yeah. and,
2: and that and that movie's an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What brought that question? on Oh, just
0: talking about Talking Heads in oh, the first yeah. place. Oh,
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> so I want to I want to dial back to to back to what we were talking about because you're saying how how some people in your adjacent criticism world aren't aren't objectively political but can like feel the need like yeah for example like i'm a gigantic rap fan i don't need all my rap music to be like super political but when it is i'm not mad at it yeah like you know what whatever you have to say about anita sarkeesian (laughs) she has the right to be like hey why why what is up with these tropes yeah. Like, who care? Like, why Why reveal people's addresses because you want to talk about, like, certain characters in games being whack? And, like, why does that upset people so much?
0: I think they view it as criticism of themselves in her particular case a lot, but there's a certain amount that is just strictly about being a boys' club and keeping out anyone who's not one of them, which is just bizarre because we've, we've always been there. Like, especially... In, 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 you know within in comics if you read the freaking letters columns in the backs of comics especially early stuff it's full of women writing in yeah and like
1: it's a misnomer that women don't like things yes this is true Ooh. women
0: like all kinds of things
1: it's true it's like like what Oh, women don't like things it's ridiculous no
0: and so part of it is that and the part of it is like seriously like they don't want to have to think too hard so if I'm going to talk about like parallels to Trump in the Jack Kirby's fourth world. They're just insulted that I'm asking them to think. But like, how are you not thinking when you're consuming media? I don't understand that. Uh, But I actually do think a part of it is actual orchestrated um, disinformation coming from people trying to create greater tension and anger in the country of like basically trying to weaponize uh, white men. To be greater haters, we know this is true because we. I mean, I don't know if folks in the study, but around um, the, the, the pushback around the most recent uh, Star Wars movie, not not Solo, the one ugh, my brain is out my ear. Uh, Rogue One. Uh, thank last no, Jedi. not Rogue One. That was Last Jedi. Thank oh, the you. Last, oh, the actual we, Star Wars. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, we saw the, the, the
2: worst.
0: Last Jedi. We know that Russia. That I don't like calling them Russian, I should call them Putinists because Russians are awesome people. But that Putin supported um, for, uh, agents were pushing an, ant, an anti uh, Last Jedi messages on social media, and that actually instigated a lot of the anger and dialogue around it. Was coming from them, and we know this because we actually have researchers who are in academia who are studying things like these. Are people at like Princeton? This is not like me. Like you know, right. oh, I looked something up. Like I, I can freaking send you the links. This this particular line of anger and response was being fed to people online by an organized as an organized thing from Putinist uh, supported firms in Russia so you know people can't be converted to believe something if there isn't some bit of it in them in the first place but like we know that this is a I did not plan on coming on this show and being this explicitly this was a political thing but like um, um, it was it was was, this is an organized political attempt to create hatred between pe- people who, you know, I'm going to say already hated us but weren't so vocal about it, and to make them stirred up and view every single piece of world as politicized. There. It's interesting because all culture is politicized, but they are certainly politicizing it when they're talking about how there shouldn't be any diversity in Star Wars, and they're, they're copying, like, disinfo that's being shipped to America.
1: And it's just, like, very naive and, and unfortunate because like like uh, what's his face um, Adam Baldwin from, <laughs> from Firefly? Who I can't like, watch it anymore. Who like played this character whose arc was about like helping people and like changing from an aggressive person yeah. to 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 in real life starting a group that's just, being part of a group that's just like I've asked people when the when Gamergate was first starting out I like I there were people who were adjacent to me mm-hmm. and i was like could you explain to me what this is so i could just understand because yeah. because if you're saying that it's not this thing tell me explain to me what it is and like they, they didn't <laughs> they're like they just gave me that line that they always give you it's it's, a, it's about ethics in game it's about ethics in uh game journal game, game journalism, journalism. Yeah. i'm like ah and also as you were saying earlier like like Jack Kirby, not Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko. Sure, he's like yeah. one of the most disgustingly objectivist comic book writers.
0: <laughs> to his own detriment, it hurt him so bad in yeah. his life.
1: The it's, A, like it's tragic. The um his his characters that he created on his own, like inspired Workshark, which is like the yeah. the Randian. Uh, Guy in the Watchmen, but and
0: you're not supposed to be nodding and agreeing with him. You're supposed to like he's tragic. You're supposed to have compassion for him. But yeah. like, if you're reading it and being like, "Yep, that's right," it's like that's not what Alan Moore's saying, guys. You take from it what you want, but that's not
3: what Alan Moore's
1: saying. Yeah, Alan Moore isn't saying like, <laughs> "Yo, this dude's awesome." Yeah, he's saying like this dude's problematic, and and so like ca- people that probably would like to say that to say that comic books or any sort of
0: genre fiction.
1: Isn't somewhat politicized is naive.
0: Yes, it is naive. It, 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 partially though, it comes from people who assume that their particular worldview is universal, and so the political nature of it is transparent to them. They don't see it there because they see themselves reflected in the media they consume all the time. You know, generally they're American, generally they're white, generally they're men, um, generally they're straight, and all that. Well, but they also, as an yeah.
1: aside, mm-hmm. my, my like high school good friend is black dude. He just, like, became a very weird, like, Aww. proud boy. I'm so sorry. And moved out of New York, and I'm genu- genuinely worried about him. You're,
0: you're right. Like, that's a bad sign for him.
1: Yeah.
2: That, it, that just reminds me. There's that image of, like, multiple images now of, like, the extra-hard black conservatives who are all on social media doing, like, the white power sign. It's like, you know how dumb you look? Like, also, it's really weird. It's also so M- weird. Milo Also, Milo, Milo
1: that. admitted... That he came up with that just to troll people. Yes. Right. Just to create another sign to get people outraged. Yeah. yeah, Because because people on the left are taking the bait. They are. Of getting 1,000%. really mad about... Like, my, my issue with the left, even though I'm definitely part of the left, is we focus on the wrong things. Instead of, like... Like, I'm not mad about racist monuments. I'm mad about systemic oppression. There shouldn't be monuments for anybody. Mm. I don't mm. really believe in
0: statues for anyone. But the problem is that it was very clear from the people who are black and living in those communities that having this person who thinks you're less than human like standing and lording over yeah, you is a, a sign. Is a it's a sign that you suck. It's a sign that I'm nobody not, cares about you. I'm not saying you.
1: those shouldn't be taken down. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, but so I'm just saying that but the, the actions to do that, they're not coming from people who look like me. I'm, I'm, I'm white, I don't know if i explain, I know. It's coming from like the actual community that's impacted by it. I mean, I didn't grow up with statues of Nazis like pointing at me and I don't know how that would make me feel but probably very unsafe in my own community.
1: Right, so, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't take down the sure. statues. I'm actually saying take down all statues. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's a human. I mean, if you think about superheroes, like we seek iconography, we want to have people right, who. Right, that's yeah. the difference. Sorry, sure, no, it's fine. We uh, seek iconography. It's like the part of the human, part of the human nature is to like want to have these symbols that you see reflect yourself and set up for ideals that you want. Like we've been doing it since people were able to make images in rocks, and like I just I don't see people getting over that. I think it's hardwired.
1: Right. I mean, mm-hmm. to to respond to that, mm-hmm. to, in two things, I think diversity is incredibly important be for reasons that a lot of people that have never had to think about diversity could never understand yeah because if you just look at the 90s x-men yeah there's badass storm but that's it
0: (laughs) and so many of the stories that are recent um in the movies she she has nothing to do she does nothing it's bizarre she's a super popular character with really interesting and they'd have completely underutilized her
1: and and aside from like this one purposefully all black avengers like 3 years ago yeah. but, which was actually very good before before the the continuity reset yeah like even swinging the pendulum the most comic books most comic book movies are still largely white dudes. Yeah. so like why are you upset that there's just a couple less but i want to just like one more so like and also the thing about like statues and stuff—that's that's something I've always found interesting about um, the difference between like DC and Marvel. Because mm-hmm. like in Marvel, the heroes don't have statues. The heroes are often like against the government, or there have been really great arcs in the past few years where it's like, should should heroes be be assassins for the rich? <laughs> Spoiler: I think they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or, or should they fight for the people? Spoiler: I think they should. Oh. Whereas in the DC universe, there are statues of Superman. I w- do you have our last episode. We were talking about yes, bright yeah. And I was, I was just so upset as if you listen to the episode because I just think the pre, because they just fell, they fell on the wrong premise. Because yes. what makes Clark Kent awesome is his parentage. Mm. Amongst other things.
0: Yeah, what makes these characters interesting is that they're humanity. And I think, like, maybe 50 years ago, if this, like... I haven't seen Brightburn, but it's frankly because it looked really bad to me. 50 years ago, maybe that's an interesting premise, but we've all been living in this, like, you know, Earth-3 if it's in DC, you know, the Squadron Supreme if it's in Marvel. Like, we've already seen this before. I just don't think it's that interesting. Yeah, I
1: don't. I mean, that's what I even said on, like, the first episode of, of our show, is, like, at this point... Watchmen has become overrated even yeah. though it was important because it mm-hmm. because it created it created it, I mean sort of obviously there's other other comic books Even by Alan Moore that raised these questions, mm-hmm. but it's like as we were talking about that episode So when rock Kim first made his first album He was the like probably the second best the second the second best rapper to, to be
2: Who was at the what shan? Yeah, Oh yeah, I right say Sham was the first best rapper. Both both working with Marlon Marl. And then yeah. Rakim
1: was the second best rapper. And and there are, <clears throat> there are people that could not have developed were it not for Rakim. Right. But then after Rakim, there were people that that skill. So sure, once yeah. once these writers decided to break open the world that we could, then you had other writers that could take it to to more interesting
0: places. But here's the thing: everybody talks about two things about. They talk about the writing when it comes to Watchmen, and they talk about the nine-panel grid. Nobody talks about how freaking great the colors are on that book, and they're it. so good. And nobody talks about like the anything else about the art style other than the nine-panel grid. And I think one of the biggest lacking areas in comics criticism these days is nobody talks about the actual illustration and storytelling art. And I kind of view that as a reflection of the fact that we don't have arts education in school anymore, uh, so people don't know how to talk about these things. Um, but you know, if people want to be angry about something in comics criticism, that would be one of the things I would point to. I've literally seen people who get published in like major comics websites say that they don't really pay attention to the art as much. And I'm like, yeah. how are you a critic? Cool. Like, if you're a rando, you, okay, but if you're actually a critic, how is this a thing? How is are I mean, that, touching I, mean, I nerve
2: have, Just from like a film criticism film standpoint, standpoint, standpoint. Like, yep. I love- yep it's in general cuz i love film but when it's especially when it's about directors i love i'm super critical so when someone will just be like will admit they will just like you know haven't seen you know like take claire denis i haven't seen her movies from the 90s or early 2000s but i'm going to write about her recent movie i think this is the best thing she's done and it's kind of <laughs> like just saying things like that is and you yeah. and there's a million examples you know of of that so yeah i have a
1: lot I have a lot of issues. I'm just taking notes so I don't forget things. Yeah, yeah, sure. I have a lot of issues with criticism these days because I I don't I don't want to be highfalutin because I don't think that you have to be educated to be a good critic. But I think there's a difference between like someone working on themselves to be a critic and just someone with a Twitter account or a Facebook mm, yeah. account or you like every everyone thinking they're a good critic because they have opinions is not true. Yes. Right? So when someone's so to be a critic of sequential art and not care about art, yeah. is like where, where where do they do that at? They just like stories with show. superheroes
0: in them and there's nothing else to it. So right, it's just that's bizarre. Only,
1: that's only like one tenth of the comics. Of yeah. comic books is, yeah. is superheroes.
0: And I'll admit I skew towards reading what I would describe as being cape books. But I'm very aware that that is not and that's not everything I read and that's not everything that's out there.
1: Like, but, I, I like the mangas and I like the demo and I like I like all of it. Um, but I think there's I think there's room for all of it. And i think the reason why people sometimes are now less interested in the art and more focused on the storytelling or whatever is sort of the blowback of the 90s image explosion where where the artist it was all about the Mm. artist and and a lot of the
0: writers got fired this is true interestingly for me it's crazy to me that i really begin that i began reading comics in the early 90s because i hate art from then and it only got worse for a while so I don't know how I ended up being that person but when you said image I'm like yeah I know man that art was so bad but that's not but But you're right for so many people love it so many people love it the art
1: was they were the stars yeah so like which was super interesting when like Rob Liefeld who's who has famously become like the target of people hating the 90s art
0: when he was first trying to, when we were first sort of dating, Courtship try, yeah, basically, mm. he basically was like, Look, Ilana, here's some memes about Liefeld art being bad. And I'm like, I'm so happy that he's. He you. stole my heart. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Thank you, Frank. Thank there's you. A whole, there's the whole Captain meme America
3: with his pecs dancing. Because I
0: hadn't seen the meme culture around it. I just was like, Oh my gosh, you know who's really bad is Rob Liefeld. Frank's like, yeah. Well, I have well, some you know, memes I can send you. Neat. <laughs> Did you know?
3: I'm like, yes, thank there, you. There's
1: a whole me. There's just there's a whole website dedicated to him not being able to draw feet. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, uh, anybody you know can learn to draw a foot, but how can you keep coming up with ways of not drawing feet? <laughs> That's incredibly creative. That's
0: really true. I have a, a Shatterstar costume, and the only thing I was missing is I needed to have some rocks <laughs> stapled like yeah. tied to my shoes so that I could be like I'm a rock. <laughs> anyway. Is. So is Shatterstar
1: still Longshot Sun, or did they change that?
0: You know, it's continuity, and I would have to divert to to ask Jay and Miles to explain the X-Men to have a ruling on that matter. Like, that definitely was the case at some point. That was the case in the 90s. I don't know if it's the case right now. Um, The important thing is that Shatterstar is queer, and no one can ever take that back.
1: Rob Lightfield wanted to take it back.
0: And then he changed his mind, because he's not a bad bad person.
1: Because non-zealots? can change their minds. Yes, yeah. this is true. Humans have the capacity to change. Yes. I'm way more impressed with someone who's like, who does an asshole thing and people are like, yo, you're an asshole. And they're like, you're right. Yeah. Daughter. it's I'm imp- That impresses It me.
0: is impressive. Because
1: I, I mess up all the time. I am not a perfect person by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. And I think what really makes somebody is their ability to mess up or do something that hurts people's feelings and go, you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I keep track which creators... I mean, Twitter, oof. I've kept track which creators are capable of making a real apology and getting better at something and which ones Even are and not. Even Cyber's not. No, well, he's a Nazi. Yeah, um, he really is. But like, and, and most of them are not that bad. But there are lots of people who, when you, ra- when you raise to them, like, hey, this is a, this, the way you did this was actually racist. I'm sure that's not what you meant, but it is will, like, dig in. They'll refuse to see it as an opportunity to to do something better or to have any self-reflection. And we know that doesn't have to be that way because I can also point to creators who don't do that.
1: Right, like, um, when Robert Kirkman in the early aughts... (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. No, please, (laughs) it's just...
0: Like, I... I'm mad with him this month, but
1: but we can... We don't need to give spoilers for the most recent Walking Dead comic, but... Oh,
0: no, no, it's fine. Keep going. I'm not, like... I'm not super versed in Walking Deadness, so that's
1: fine. Well, they did something very wild in the most recent episode and it, uh, issue, and it really upset me.
0: I mean, you can tell me. I'm not. I don't care. I don't read it.
1: Spoilers for the most recent issue of The Walking Dead. If you're a fan of the comic book, close your ears and skip for the next ten seconds. They killed the main character. Oh wow. Yeah, and, and like he becomes a zombie, and his son shoots him.
0: Damn, that's hard. Is, yeah. Are you thinking that you feel like it's bad, it's good? or
1: I think it's great. Cool. I, I think comic books are so afraid to kill their characters, and, and it doesn't benefit anybody.
0: Well, we've noticed that the only characters who seem to stay dead are characters who are not white. Like, it's totally fine to keep bringing Jean back, she's literally Phoenix, but... What you think about like all my friends' favorite like '90s X-Men characters who got who, who died in reasonable things and stayed dead are characters of color, and the ones who came back, including one of my favorites like Jamie Madrox. I mean, again, I at these multiple man, it's easy to explain why he might come back, but um, are white, and it's like we see what you're doing. Um, you know, it was interesting. Did they like, see what they're doing. Do they? Yeah, that's a good question. That,
1: that's the question. I think, I think people aren't always aware. And what, it's what, no, they're not. It's what they do with it when they're made aware. Yeah. So what, what I was trying to say is that a couple of years ago, Robert Kirkman had this cool um, Marvel thing where he, he created an alternate universe, Tony Stark, that was an asshole. And
0: <laughs> so different from this universe. So <laughs> differently
1: an asshole. Okay. Because, um, like this dude was like a, a totalitarian asshole where where marvel main universe was like 682 or whatever it is is, is six uh six six one six he's like a libertarian asshole it's, yeah it's like diff, different sort of thing oh i have so many tangents so i'm going to stick to <laughs> this one because i, I want to say how we were talking about with brightburn and just how like what makes characters interesting like how they like my issue with Batman the reason why I thought Dick Grayson was a better Batman is because Bruce Wayne Batman is just a rich fascist who's like really mad about his parents being killed and wants to change crime <laughs> and and people who think that, that comic books is apolitical were not reading 80's Frank Miller Batman no Frank Miller's, <laughs> Frank Miller's a fucking fascist and he admits it and his vision of Batman who like who kidnaps Robin and beats him into being a superhero so
0: bad interestingly Frank Miller whose comic 300 is incredibly racist and an actual problem in its racism has recently said stuff that where it seems like he's questioning that questioning what he wrote about American terror like he might be having some it seems like he might be having some second thoughts about some of his work but we'll see good for him let's see
1: what he does with
0: it I mean the thing that kills me is like our, our life experiences shape how we write about things. Like, every, like the, if, when I learned that Frank Miller had been like mugged his like second day in New York, I'm like, yeah, I see that, that's pretty much there. And he came from Vermont and like assumed that certain things he was used to equaled safety and that certain things that were different from what he lived in before equaled danger. I'm like, yeah, no, that's all right there. His identity as a white man from Vermont is incredibly impactful in his writing. So, like, be that explain well, that. Know, Show but that.
1: also, like the Ben and Jerry's are white dudes from Vermont. Oh yeah, Vermont is many things. They just gave us delicious ice cream.
0: Vermont, Vermont but I've been to Vermont many times, and Vermont has many things. But even the white folks from Vermont, like you're still looking at an environment where it's not. It's pretty damn white, right? And that's going to shape how they view people of color in the city, regardless of their intent of their po- political. But whenever I would
1: mention to Marcus's mother, rest in peace, I was going to Vermont, she'd always recommend barbecue places to check out. No, it's
2: just Curtis's in in particular. Yeah, it's it's the fourth ranked, because it's that good. It's the fourth ranked barbecue place in the country. Oh, shit. And it's in Vermont.
3: Where in
2: Vermont? I forgot where. But if you just Google Curtis's barbecue. Waterbury? No, I don't think. But its claim to fame is that it's like these two like bus gutted out school buses yeah. that he serves uh, out of and it's it's wow. it's amazing I love that
4: cause already. whenever
1: i think about barbecue i think about yeah. your mom. and Aww. it's one of
2: them it's also oh i, I appreciate that she it's was, also like i very don't Nice to me. i'm not big on like bone-in chicken and i don't like ribs but that place is like my like that's how good it is like i make mm. an exception for I, I don't like most food with bones but that place i'll make an exception for it's really good
1: a little bit of a picky eater I
2: guess. No, it's like three or four things.
1: Right. So anyways, Robert Kirkman <laughs> created like this gay yes. superhero in the, in the early aughts. Oh yeah. And and he was like, I just want to create a superhero that just happens to be gay. But he also the character also died. And people were like, "Yo, why why are you, yeah. why are you following this trope of like gay characters dying?" And he was like, "My bad. I didn't know I'm going to try to make it better." Yeah, and, and then he created a lot of gay characters in The Walking Dead and In Invincible, which are really cool characters and haven't died. Yeah, but was uh, you have an issue with Robert Kirk?
0: No, I'm. It's it really it's fine. Um, it really.
1: Um, I mean, he ended Invincible, which was my. Which
0: you know, I never, I never read it, and I know folks loved it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think like. You mentioned uh, Planetary in the other issue, in the other episode, yes. and I think Planetary is a far more interesting, like yeah, Frank's like yes, like far more interesting analysis <laughs> of like the uh, of superhero characters than just what if they're all evil. Like I think like what right. uh, yeah I don't know Planetary's great. <laughs> so.
1: Like what if, what if they are what they are, which is like complicated characters mm-hmm. with with the with the potential to be both evil and and great. Mm-hmm. and oh planetary I I reread planetary sometimes like from from front to back just because it makes me happy
0: yeah it's it's really amazing and it, it, it's a, his ability to do a pastiche that isn't dumb is amazing and also what is that bit like I can't believe you stepped on that semi-sentient alien living living. P- owner. Oh, no. For the love of God, don't step on that semi-sentient alien plinth that zaps the unwary. It's got to be, like, one of the best single dialogue bubbles in the history of comics. Well, you
3: know the drummer's gonna do He's it. He's gonna
0: say, like, why do I even have to say this to you? It's, like, the next line, yeah. It's. I mean, like, that's that's just so freaking hilarious. I don't know.
1: We should try to talk about movies.
0: Yes.
2: Well, I, I well, we kind of, that's the thing about the show. We, like, Mandy's been brought up Brightburn's been brought up mm-hmm. Marvel movies been brought up. It's, it's kind of You know what I'm saying it, it, It's been weaved in In a kind of cool
0: I have a segue for you play. And thank sure. you I have a segue for you So we were both talking about How comics criticism That doesn't talk about The actual Illustration uh, Is not great We recently saw At Frank's suggestion And I would have skipped it If he hadn't been insistent We recently saw Book Smart, And I don't one, listeners who don't know me, which is most of you, are probably like, well, of course you like book Smart, you're a feminist, but it's like, no, I don't watch a lot of feminist films. I don't watch uh, teen movies. I don't watch sort of the kind of comedies that get made into mainstream movies. I, I don't, rom. I just none of this is my genre. Mm-hmm. This movie is shot really beautifully, oh. and that matters. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you make a movie like that and have it be shot beautifully?
3: They did. Did yeah. you guys see I no, yeah. it? I haven't seen mean, it. Oh! It's one of those things oh. I'm supposed to be
2: waiting on my fiancé... Mm, to and see what she keeps yeah. forgetting that we haven't seen it, and then... Well, do
1: I it. She'll love it. Mean, I mostly yeah. go to movies when other people pay for me. <laughs> That's understandable.
0: <laughs> understandable. Yeah, no, I just did not expect... I, I was sure it wouldn't be, like, bad. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. We both left just being like, holy fuck, that was so I'm good.
2: Sure it, I mean, I'm sure it is, just from the subject matter, the trailer, the people in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a thing... Mm-hmm. There's, like, certain things just like how Roger Ebert had this thing about like Harry Dean Stanton and uh, Arlie Ermey um, oh no, mm at Walsh sorry, that I kind of have the same thing about Will Forte, like anything he's in, I'll see, even if I know it's going to be bad, just because I think he's the funniest human being ever, so, you
3: know and that's you for uh, Beanie Feldstein now, or?
2: What's that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Will, Will, Will Forte is one of the parents. Oh, right? oh he yeah. is, yes. Yeah, 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 that's, I saw, yeah.
0: It's not, and a, it's not a big role, but he's not very good, good. I imagine like he, he is good very good. Anything. Jessica he, Williams he, is in it. Jason Sudeikis. And she blew, she blew my mind with how great yeah. she was. And um, yeah, everybody, all the performances are great, the movie is truly funny. But just guys, like, what if, what if we shot all movies, beautifully right? or or deliberately ugly what if we had an actual aesthetic driving what we were making what if we cared about our art department
2: well it, it's funny you say that because I hate going here because it's obviously this movie's getting compared to Superbad a lot <laughs> but yeah, I remember yeah. having that feeling about bad because the cinematographer of that movie uh, w- oh no I'm, I'm sorry uh, I get confused Pineapple Express mm. was shot by I just by, watched Pineapple was, Express this morning it was shot by Tim oh. Orr who's a great cinematographer of course because the director of Pineapple Express is David Gordon Green, who works with Tim Moore as a cinematographer and flows, you know, like George Washington, All the Real Girls, Snow Angels, uh, un- Undertow. His his art house, indie art house period before he did, you know, stuff like that. So it's funny you say that. And yeah. I was I was
1: actually listening to an interview with Seth Rogen mm-hmm. about the reason why they chose him to do the movies, that they wanted to start trying to do these hard R-rated comedy movies yeah. and to get... To get talented directors and cinematographers to do it, Mm. Um, and I actually watched Pineapple Express this morning because I I needed a good laugh, (laughs) and it's a funny movie. I and it's it looks nice. And why not deliberately try to to make good movies,
0: especially if you want people to see the film in the theater? Like that's if you're not going to work on the aesthetics, like that's you're not helping yourself making people see it in the theater. So
2: I think there's something about I'm using air quotes, like artsy movies or like serious you know, Oscar Beatty movies that always get, that. that's when the cinematography and editing and all that stuff comes into play, when it's just like your typical comedy like, and this is a problem with criticism they don't, you know think about that, they they they, they don't look, look, look into that, like again, going back to, again, mm-hmm. like, I, I highly doubt, going back to when um, Pineapple Express first came out, anyone took the time to talk about, hey this was shot by like not all cinematographers are legit let me yes. not look down but like a guy like Tim Orr who's known for his eye who comes from openly comes from the school of like a Terrence Malick mm-hmm. like write about that in your review of like you know Pineapple Express but you're not really gonna you know
0: I mean I think about like what is I don't like. I don't see a ton of comedy movies in the theater for that reason. But yeah. like, I saw Thor Ragnarok, which is definitely a comedy movie, a comic. Yeah. and yeah. definitely yeah. has an aesthetic yeah. sensibility to it. It was interesting, sort of yeah. seeing them take have their take on what certain kinds of Kirby aesthetics would look like in three dimensions. Um, and 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 translating that and having a sort of space exuberance in the in in all of it which is like yeah it was it was really love it was it was a very attractive movie
3: and yeah, i wish ma- the, most of it's on a junk planet you know it's Yeah, just, it's not yeah. a giant garbage pile but it's no. a beautiful yeah. garbage pile yeah yeah, yeah but i mean wally takes place on a garbage pile
1: and it's lovely oh, there you go
0: oh yeah. man so. that, give me feelings
1: i'm i try i mean yeah. my goal is it's feelings. a great movie i you know uh Marcus is the talent, and I'm the heart (laughs) of the
3: podcast. Uh, No, like people
1: are always tweeting, We want more Marcus. uh, That's why I listen to Zebras. I'm like, All right, cool. Nobody says that. I might be creating it in my head, but you're the talent, I'm I'm the looks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although, speaking of Taika Whitey, did did you guys watch what we do in the shadows? Yeah, Yeah,
2: absolutely. Saw so well, that in the theater the movie. And oh, the, the show? movie. Okay. Not, not yet. The oh, the show. show. No, 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 no. I haven't seen the show. So anymore.
0: yeah, the movie is like the greatest thing, and I know Batista the, yeah. has a
2: cameo in it, so that makes me want. This yeah, is it it's it's great. great.
3: It's, it is great. We're, we're so
1: excited great. for Stuber.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, seen commercials for that. Yeah. Uh.
2: I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for this. It, it, it's going to happen. I mean, The Rock at this point is on a certain level yeah. in comparison to Batista and Cena, but I feel like at some point. A combination of two, or maybe all three, are gonna meet up in, in, in a movie. Because mm. there's, the mm. yeah. there's never been a time, there's never been a time. Because, like, prior to all this, it was just like Hogan tried and failed, but like, <laughs> Piper was always like the, 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 the legit guy to be in like movies. No, none of his contemporaries. Re- I mean, everyone showed up and stuff, yeah. but like, Piper, of all his, you know, and now it's like we have three wrestlers. Major, you know, wrestlers doing, you know, who doing have, who have you know?
1: some chops for what they do. Yeah, yeah. I ju- I,
2: recently, yeah. I saw Blockers for the first time a week ago, and Lockers John Cena made funny. that. But oh, well, okay. actually, I take Ike Barinholtz is—he's another Barinholtz, guy. He's Barinholtz fun. Barinholtz no, matter he does, funny. no matter what he does, no matter what he does, I laugh. But Cena really, Cena kind of made that movie also. Uh, I had yeah. meant to
0: see that and didn't catch it, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys think it's good. Yeah, yeah. I like should it heard on this show. show. Yes, it was good. It is.
2: I've been catching up. I saw Tag. I don't. I mean, Tag's not an amazing movie, but it certainly wasn't like. There was, hated like, that. I there know.
1: were a bunch of R-rated comedies last year that were excellent. Absolutely. I am having I couldn't give you a top ten list this year. Could you guys give me a top ten
0: list? Oh, no, I didn't even think about that. We watch a lot of old stuff, including in yeah. the theater, which yeah. kind of makes it we hard. We
3: like getting caught up on TCM a bit. That's true, we keep <laughs> watching TCM lately. Like, you guys like, caught up
2: in any of the drama stuff we were talking about? All yeah, time. we no. saw no. Ghost
0: Dog in the theater, which was great. Yeah. I nice. just saw that. I, really want, I do want to see the new one, just... Regardless of you guys kind of being like meh on it, um, I haven't
1: seen it. Oh. I, w- I was just talking about which one,
0: the New Jarmish, the
1: Dead Zone. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. to
2: clarify, it's more like ninety percent of it is fine. The ending is dumb, which averages to a mess. So that so mm-hmm. just to be clear, like the majority it. of it is fine. I just think the ending was really just Got like it. Jim Jarmish is something. There's something he's bitter right now, and he's also bored. And I think mm. when you're bitter and bored, you do. You become cynical and you do certain things mm-hmm. and you're just like you seem upset maybe yeah. you need a hug or take a break or I, you know, I, I, yeah I know. my thing
1: my, i was just talking about the whole idea of like sometimes when you get all the talents together it's not always the best thing no, to no absolutely you know? not. well you know, I'll, I'll tell some you some of its parts yeah yeah like like bob edgerton was saying alice cooper's mm. high school band okay sorry keep going was so was was a mess but was so much better than than when he hired Alice Cooper's high school dudes and got like session players, because even though they were star players, it just didn't work.
0: I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. My piece in Kevin Geeks Out was Alice Cooper's uh, Welcome to Your Nightmare, Alice Cooper's Guide to the Horrors of Adolescence. I uh, am very storied in my Alice Cooper knowledge. I'm very excited to hear you bringing that up in passing. People do not give them credit as a band ever. Absolutely. Because like, look, I get like that Cold Ethel is a song about necrophilia, but that doesn't mean you should ignore the amazing guitar work and how catchy that melody
3: is. Was that Alice Cooper's band? Or that, is was, that was, that
0: was the last one. That was the last one i um, oh, oh, no! I'm sorry, my to my my, Sorry, that wasn't the last one. Welcome, uh, welcome to my nightmare. You're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking about which is true that wasn't his band. I was, band. Uh, I was uh, but I was saying that very emphatically about a number of songs on the last it was album. A song on Only Muscle of Love that, that we're I was freaking out in that way. Yes, said, that's right. That's what I was are the saying.
3: Inside, this is the inside scoop I bring to the podcast <laughs> about Alana.
0: <laughs> that's right. Frank knows <laughs> what I said. I can help make sure that I tell you what I actually <laughs> I was, said. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I found a, you know, my understanding of metal. Is probably my most limited, so I, I just do love reading about stuff and watching stuff, and I was always obsessed with Bob Ezrin because of his ability to get interesting takes from from very talented mm-hmm. artists that are different, not always better, but different. <laughs> like that Kiss album, Elder or whatever. Yeah. See, you're like I I understand it. You're I'm assuming you're a Kiss fan. Shamefully, yes, I see. see, I want to say may I say something sure so I'm in the I'm in the mental health field and one thing that I work on with some of my clients is Most of the core emotions have some sort of use like anger has use because if someone's trying to like attack your family the anger helps Mm you Um, guilt guilt teaches us culture mores like shame is is the least useful emotion Mm. And it's, it's a painful emotion, and I just want to say that I don't believe anyone should have shames about their tastes.
0: I know, and I do get that. It's more like they're really, a, they're like sort of a Shonda on my people now as because they're Republicans and go on Fox, but... <laughs> Um, But, no, musically, I do defend them. And I explain to people... Is it they or is
2: it just Gene Simmons? It's it's, it's
0: mostly Gene, but also Paul. And then he's, like, kind of, like, sort of killed all the other members in battle at some point. So there (laughs) isn't really anybody...
1: And, like, like, I actually might bring up Gene Simmons in our next episode. Because we're going to be talking about the new Ray Goddess film. Or maybe last episode. It's going to depend based on the time-space continuum. Because um, our time, the new Ray Goddess film, is about open relationships. So um and polyamory and the confusing complexities of it all Mm. and gene simmons yeah he's got a lot of issues that i that i have with him he also like brought polyamory albeit a complicated version of it (laughs) to to the mainstream that i'm not i'm not into
0: poly. i didn't actually know that about him
1: yeah him and his wife have an open relationship
0: oh good on them i mean i wouldn't have assumed that so that's great yeah Shannon
3: Tweed I believe I believe so yes, yes.
1: Yeah. and okay. they, they have an open relationship and they've been happy for many years and it's that. what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like people are complicated that's true but that's I want true. to try to say like like the song Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedas <laughs> used to really really make me embarrassed that like I listen to that song yeah. and water works I don't know why hmm. I just listen to it and it's just fucking it's just I don't know I don't know
3: And, like, I have a
1: deep taste in music. I have good taste, I think. (laughs) Um, But that song does it for me. So, like, but... So I know, like, for KISS fans, like, then the Elder Record and... What's the drummer's name? Peter Chris. So Peter... I think it's Peter Chris's solo album that's just, like, disco... Oh, but I'm pro that. I'm pro disco. You Matter To Me, that song, because you matter to me. And that's why...
0: I am impressed. I am impressed. No, I support Kisco. Rap. Kisco is a good merger of genres. I mean, rap,
1: rap fans, rap fans know a lot of other other genres because there was a time where rap music ha- sampled a lot of music, yeah. so people had a had a reverence for the music that came to the past. And there's this whole conversation going on right now where we sort of failed our younger generation by like just like chewing them away instead of sharing mm-hmm. and now everyone's just like fuck you dad
0: i like really don't want to be a white person who is not an expert at rap talking about rap on your show however
1: i'm going to acknowledge i just talked about kiss and yeah. i'm not a kiss no okay but
0: the dynamics this. are different i'll just say that however i'll say one of the things that i love about hip hop from the earlier decades including the decades in which i was cognizant and listening to things is Yes, you should sample the Delphonics. That's some of the best music that's ever made. Like, you should reference Mayfield. You Mayfield. This is the best stuff. And a lot of mainstream contemporary hip-hop doesn't actually do that, and so it just doesn't speak to me in the same way.
2: I don't know. And just to be real quick, the biggest reason for that was the original artists started to want to get money, like, more and more money. So then, unfortunately, I don't want to make a sweeping comment, but, you know, people wanted to retain as much money as possible, so it's like, hey, if we just get a Triton keyboard we can make our own melodies and I think it does lose kind of the soul like no matter what however you feel about oh, they're stealing the people's music fine if that's how you then they're stealing people's music but that is the source of hip-hop culture it's about you know looping you know one of the pills. It's about looping a four-bar you know sample or you know or segment from like a pre-existing song like that's just kind of how, how it is
0: and know? nobody can afford so. to hire strings nobody can well, that, afford exactly. to hire horns so you're yeah, gonna have to sample you're not gonna exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But that, that, but that, for me, I feel like that's why I don't listen to as much contemporary stuff. Although I'm sure from the underground side, maybe there's something different. I'm pretty ignorant.
2: There, there, yeah, there, there is. Like, a lot of the same people who were around then are still doing it now. They're just not as pushed. And the bigger problem is, too, going back to, like, say, well, I guess we haven't talked like general rock and roll, but the, the greatest example is, like, the Rolling Stones. Like, mm-hmm. they can still mm-hmm. tour, like, all over the world, whereas, like... EPMD Or run DMC Like they have to do The ascent Like the chitlin circuit Like they can't sell out The stadiums That they used to be able To sell out And that's part of mm-hmm. That's an internal Hip hop problem Like everything It's like Oh you're old You're old But on other music genres Like jazz musicians Rock musicians Like they can be 60, 70, 80 And still tour And still You know Make a living. But There's a real that's a whole other...
1: uh, Podcast We love Champagne Sharks yeah. Recently mm-hmm. talked about This really well mm-hmm. Yeah And um the host, one of the hosts of Champagne Sharks, was actually on Escape from Planet A, talking about um, the correlations between Always Be My Maybe and the film Burning. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and also how the pitfalls of the romantic comedy genre do do the potentials of going deeper a disservice. Mm. That maybe that maybe the rom com is broken
0: as someone who doesn't enjoy them I would say so I mean and I liked some of the screwball comedies of classic Hollywood although they're not my favorite movies did they but, say uh,
1: anything a romantic
0: comedy?
2: yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say so it's got some serious stuff in it and some Touching, heartwarming things, but it's it, it could easily
1: fall into that rom-com. Lloyd Dobler fucked it up for dudes for
2: a long he time. He, sorry,
0: yes, <laughs> say that again without me clapping. Say it again. Lloyd
1: Dobler <laughs> fucked it up for dudes for a long time.
0: You know, I just I was never a Hughes movie person. I like didn't watch '80s movies until we basically started dating.
3: We, we just watched Weird Science. Oh, I I, I, re- I
0: do enjoy Weird Science. Nice. Um, I missed the '80s because my parents. It was the '60s, and so it was also the '60s for me during the '80s. Uh, Revenge but, of the Nerds didn't age well, that's, well that's, that movie's oh, like a rape man. movie that movie literally is fucked up literally a rape
2: up. happens and then she falls in love with like that's that's <laughs> secret
1: literally secret guys literally doesn't rape.
0: work that way doesn't yeah. work that way literally rape
2: and then yeah. we also got you know the, 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 here, the panty raid like yeah. that's yeah.
1: like that's fucked up that's breaking and entering that's sexual assault as well. Yeah. So. so so it turns out like that movie's that movie accidentally wrote the bible for gamergate. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, it did. It did. So, so I'm not a, say, I'm sorry. So no, she so said I'm I'm not super I've not a John. He was a movie person, although absolutely he is he is a serious filmmaker. He just isn't mine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. So I don't know. I haven't seen all those kinds of things. And they, interestingly, I first saw Fast Times at Richmond High in film class in college. Um, so, you know, as a movie that portrays abortion as being a normal thing that's not a big deal, which abortion is a normal thing and it's not a big deal. Good on that movie. I enjoyed looking at Phoebe P- Cates. that's cool too. So this soundtrack is fun, but it's not this is not like my genre. This isn't like my yeah. thing, you know. I don't know. It's cool to have, you know, a female director making a popular movie. Can you imagine such a thing?
2: Right.
0: Did you know that women just began making movies? The past. I'm sorry, my sarcasm yeah, is. That, a bit. No,
2: I'm, I trust me. I'm, I'm. I'm with you on. I that. know you're the any
0: guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but
2: not even that. The fact that, with the exception, few exceptions like her right hand woman since since before they made their own films, Agnès Goddard, probably yeah. one of the best cinematographers you know ever. She's been, you know, and and there's been others like who? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Ellen Curis, she was the cinematographer. I probably pronounced her name wrong, but she shot Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah, she shot um, *Eternal Sunshine* of the it's *Spotless Mind*. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's an
3: so. incredibly uh, but you know what incredible visual movie too. Yeah, but you know
2: what's funny too? I had you know um, a conversation with a, with a, with a buddy, and they were just saying too how like it gets complicated just how like now suddenly like people care about women filmmakers sometimes it is a fake way I get that they, they do mean well sometimes sometimes it's definitely a capitalizing you know kind of thing but I also feel like immediately when people start it's like well what about you know as a man, too, I'm like, what about Kelly Reichardt? What about Andrea Arnold, Lynn Renzi, Claire Denis? And then, you know, someone, a woman, she also kind of checked me. She's like, they're all great, but it's like, it's also okay for women to like Amy Heckerling movies, too. Like, immediately, yeah. women have to like the serious, like you know, filmmakers and be serious. Don't like the girly stuff. And it's like, you know, it's okay to like the girly stuff, too. I, I
0: totally suffer from that myself, though, in terms of my own taste. And it's hard for me to say, is this internalized sexism? Is this a reflection of just my aesthetics in general? I don't consume a ton of art made by women that isn't art that people sometimes forget is made by women like I don't know but I can definitely say like uh, when there was a list of like movies coming out in 2018 by female directors and I went through that list and I starred the ones that I wanted to see Um, there was like one that was basically sounded like basically like this is a Peckinpah movie made by a woman I'm like I want to see that I never heard Head or tails? It never. got distribution or something. I don't know. What was you guys what was it see called? it? I don't know. But they just. It was like something leather. It was described as being like a, a you know a woman making peck and paw. I'm like that's yeah. what I want from life. Was, was
3: Zama directed by a
1: woman?
0: Lucretia Martel, absolutely. Yeah. Lucretia Martel, yeah.
1: possibly the greatest living film director right that's still making stuff. I mean, Top
3: five. I heard about it through you guys Top 10. and. Uh, it's been on the list, but me. it was like out of theaters. Yeah. We kind of like missed it. You yeah. you you
2: can well, we stream you, it. Yeah, you can stream it now. Because like one of the big, another guy who doesn't get enough credit, uh, he this this he stepped outside of producing African films. But Danny Glover was one of his extra producers on Zama, and that's kind of one of the big names, you know. And she was,
1: she was interviewed for thirty seconds for the Black Widow. Movie. <laughs>
2: Right, yeah, name. which I can't even, That's but then so on the flip side, it's weird how the, um, I, I can't pronounce her name, but she directed the writer, how uh, she's doing a Marvel movie, at, yeah. well, she's doing a movie now with Frances McDormand, which I really want oh, to see, interesting. but after that, yeah, she's doing, she's doing uh, The Eternals, yeah, she's, which is yes, interesting, because yes, the thing yes, with The Eternals
0: very, that people don't know is The Eternals, and people don't know because they don't fucking read their Kirby, The Eternals, <laughs> read your Kirby, The Eternals, it takes place in Central America, so I was sort of expecting and hoping that when they were going to be doing that, that we take consideration. I think it's pretty clear that they're not. But all for which her getting weird, that movie.
1: Which is weird because... Do you see The Rider?
0: No, but I heard it was great.
1: It's incredible. It and it's like one of those movies that's like very much about Native American culture, but like like not over the top about mm-hmm. it. Like all the characters are Native American or part Native American. But. And they do like sort of ritualistic Native American things in the movie. So that surprises me that they, well, I mean, I don't know. Because I guess, I get, like, the thing about capitalism is that it's willing Mm -hmm. to dis-capitalism to push forth capitalism. Yes. So they're willing to make a movie like Black Panther, which is sort of subversive in some ways and totally not subversive in others, Mm -hmm. as long as it makes money. Yeah. So, So maybe right now South American culture isn't a culture that they think they can make lots of money off of. Yeah, because opening up the African market for Marvel with Black Panther made them more money than like they're making so much money. Yeah, so that's too bad. The Eternals is a good opportunity for them because people don't know who they are. Yeah, so you can sort of just do what you want to do. I was hoping that she was going to get the Runaways, but oh, Runaways, that would have been so good. I know, but the Runaways has a TV show. Yeah, and the thing is, like the Runaways when Brian K. Vaughn first came out with that, that was my shit. It was everyone's. And I really loved when you talked about Zavin and um, and Hulkling in your write up about Captain Marvel.
3: Oh, thank you. Because
1: I was just like yeah, for Wired. was yeah. like for Wired. Yeah. Yeah. Because those characters are just like lovely characters and just like characters that exist. I mean, new young Avengers was, was just like came out. We
0: came into our hearts and just disappeared. I mean, for me, the, I mean, the McKelvin and um, Kieran Gillen Young Avengers is—I think—some of the best superhero comics of the of the two thousands, easily. But I adore them and will read anything that that team up does. I think if if anybody's like, what's a good who are good comics people working now? Like, though that creative yeah. team is just amazing, Ooh. and Young Avengers was such a fun and great and interesting series. Because it was one, it was one like like the. Brian Michael Bendis kind of just, like, took
1: the Marvel Universe and hit it with a hammer and was like, let's figure it out. Destroy the Avengers. Everything's weird. Not A lot of it was not my favorite stuff. And these new Avengers come through and you're like, what is going on? I will say it was, I think it was a real wasted opportunity. I've said this many times, it was a wasted opportunity making Falcon the new Captain America and mm-hmm. not making Patriot the new Captain America. Oh, yeah. Like, I hear that. I hear that. Like, that doesn't make like Patriot is is the American ideal more so than that. I mean Falcon. Fal- cool. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but so here, um, I have lots of Falcon feelings.
1: Um,
0: but one of my friends,
1: we're going deep. We're going deep right
0: <laughs> now. One, one, one of my friends is like, I would argue one of the big one of the biggest America Captain America. I have two friends who are some of the biggest Captain America scholars, but the one I'm about to mention has been doing a series of essays about particularly Cap and Falcon recently. And it got me reading a lot of the sort of, you know, the Jack, the, like the Jack Kirby cap and Falcon stuff from when Jack, you know, came, came back to Marvel. And, you know, Falcon as a character who's a social worker is like, that's, that's the superhero who I want. Like when they, you know, they, they, they we, even within that initial launch of the character retconned his origin, right. like his original origin was a lot more stereotypical. and like they, Guy
1: Gardner used to work with adults with disabilities.
0: Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, superhero social worker. I mean, that's, that's a Captain mm. America that I want to see. Also, um, folks should definitely check out People's History of the Marvel Universe uh, over Graphic Policy. S- shout out Stephen Adwell. This sounds amazing. His series is amazing. He's an actual American history historian writing about American history as depicted in Marvel. And the recent essay, he's going to be doing a big series about Falcon um, People's History of, of, the, Marvel of universe, the Marvel Universe A Graphic Policy. And he's a regular guest on my show as well. But his but he's been he's diving into the whole series with Falcon. And I, I've 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 seen a number of things that haven't been put out yet, and I've seen the ones that have, and it's so good.
1: So to to just like give a quick primer for people that just got lost, um, Young Avengers and Runaways were both two young people comic book series that came out in the early aughts mm-hmm. in Marvel. One was by Brian K. Vaughan, where the premise was like. What if these kids found out their parents were the bad guys? And what did they do with that? And it dealt with like addiction and violence and domestic abuse and um, LGBTQ.
0: Like coming out coming, and coming yeah. out.
1: And also, all of that was also dealt with with the new Avengers. But what it's like, what if you were maybe your parents were the superheroes and. The young Avengers. The, the young Avengers. Yeah. yeah. and bo- And there were a couple crossovers mm-hmm. that were disappointing in my opinion. Yeah. But you... So I had an in your article about Captain Marvel, which I very much liked. Thank you. Probably more than I liked the movie, but... <laughs> Thank you so much. I wanted to like the movie. I just... I just... It, it was so much trying to set up other movies yeah. that it just... It missed the mark that... But I'm open. I'm open. I want more characters. I certainly want a Miss Marvel comic book. I really want... I really want... Um, I really want the hulkling in comic book universe
0: yeah to be in the movies yeah 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 S- so you even you, though that name sucks we need to get we need to get teddy a new we need to get teddy a new alias that so not a, so you brought alias. up
1: the possible um uh queer ramifications in the relationships that i didn't even think about in oh. captain marvel would you mind sure
0: that so second? obviously maria and carol are a couple um, this whole movie of their origin and history together Takes place during the age of Don't Ask, Don't Tell The only family that Carol has any closeness with Is the, is the, is the Rambeau family like that, they, they kept her things when she died Like That is a found family, that is queer family Their couple and, I hadn't
1: thought about yeah. this and, but, but once you say I'm like, I see that
0: they're they're a couple and it's would they could even like bring that in from subtext to text in the next movie like without the world ending because like it's all in there but shoot right. you know like they went ahead you know they they they're, they're, they 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 keep making excuses for it we're supposed to be happy that the russos had like a guy in a support group mentioned that he was yeah. gay in conversation and very casually which is fine but like that's not a character, honey. And it's, I'm not going to give you credit for that.
1: Yeah, and it's also like baby steps. Like, um, you know, the creators of the Batman cartoon admitting that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy were in an open relationship together doesn't matter because it wasn't in the cartoon. Well, it
0: does matter because we, as you know, queer kids watching the cartoon, we saw that. It would have mattered more for the cartoon to show them, like... Actually You know right. Explicitly pardon, as a couple pardon, But Pardon me taking away It doesn't yeah. I mean I mean It would mean more yes. if,
1: if it was explicitly stated It
0: would And it means and almost It almost means more As a way to say This is real This is valid And for straight people To be like Oh this is here Because straight people Do not pick up on Queer subtext A lot I
1: didn't Yeah I didn't. No there you go once, once it was said And I rewatched the show I'm like Oh But then once I understood That sort of stuff When I started watching The Legend of Korra <laughs> I was like Oh Cora, you know there there is something going on. Yeah. And yeah. then spoilers for the Legend of Korra. In the last scene, when she grabs her friend's hand and they go to the to the spirit universe on vacation, on vacation, <laughs>
0: honeymoon, whatever you um, want to call
1: it. The the creators were like, oh yeah, they're 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 testing out the romantic love, and we were going to do a little bit more, but they were t- we were told we couldn't. But that allowed. Um, them to go into the relationships between Princess Bubblegum and Princess Marlena. Marceline, yeah. Marceline in Adventure Time, which also like clearly they were shipping. Yeah. So I think I think slowly. So like people, it's were getting like, better. So 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 like the the angry white dudes are like, this is so bad. Like shit, it, it's gonna get way more <laughs> offensive for you. <laughs> Let me tell you, yeah. toughen up, Snowflake. But you know, one of the <laughs> things
0: like when we watched Rogue One,
1: which I loved. Rogue One was dope. It was like watching a video game in the best way.
0: Rogue One was so political and so of its time that I'm totally crying at the end of it, being like, I really don't want to have to die fighting Trump because, like, that—that's my takeaway from. That. You saw me, you know. I'm like, yeah. oh, I went back to see it in the theater twice to make sure that I wasn't wrong. In my, I'm like, no, those are my feelings. But um, in Rogue One, like when, for, when we saw it together the first time, I like pulled Frank out for the movie. I'm like, but but Baze and Donnie Yen's character, she she. I was like, Frank, like you saw that they're space husbands, right, right? And yeah. Frank's like, yes, Ilana, I did see that they're space husbands. I'm like, okay, I just needed to know that this wasn't just legible to me as a queer person and that other people would be like, those men are space husbands. Um, so, so I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. so if I mean, there if there is a relationship, I hope that they they expounded it. I thought they were doing this because I feel like the, the daughter was a stand-in for um, the female Iron Man,
0: Oh yeah, Eve Ewing, the one who viewing is writing right now. Riri Williams. Well, she's like she's the one who actually has Monica Rambeau's name. So I think they're probably setting her up to be Spectrum or one of the very many names of superhero. Um, because you know, you know, folks, the first Captain Marvel who was a woman was Monica Rambeau, uh, who was the chairwoman of the Avengers. Um, you know, the Carol Danvers didn't become Captain Marvel until they sort of relaunched her character. How many years ago was it? Maybe six years ago. Or
3: I don't know, yeah, Kelly
0: Sue mm-hmm. which I, it was fine, but definitely like stole a black character's name. And which was the one that got her power stolen by Rogue? That was that was Carol Danvers yeah. got her power stolen by Rogue. Yeah,
1: it's only a matter of time that they bring those people into. The- oh God! I, mean, I just hope they don't. It's just too much. I mean, I do uh, hope yeah. they bring Doctor Doom. We need Doctor Doom.
0: What a wonderful character! He's just one of the best villains of all time.
1: The I mean that say what you will about Stanley and Jack Kirby and they're not they're not beyond criticism but that first first hundred issue run of Fantastic Four who who else created that many characters
0: this man this monster is probably the single best issue of a comic ever I think and I mean it's what is it 34 FNSE 434 32 some number like that um, Marcus knows
1: Definitely.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I, you know, I'm being exclusive in who I'm asking around the table, but uh, but the, the, the issue title of This Man, This Monster, I think, is the, the this finest single issue of a comic ever ever made. Granted, I don't read manga, so I've just admitted that I'm blind to what half the world has put out, but there you go. Um, yeah, you know, I always tell people who ask me about Jack Kirby, I have, like, basically... For viewers who can't see this, I have like half an arm of Jack Kirby tattoos When people are like, tell me about him. It's sort of say, it's easier for me to list which classic characters he didn't create, which classic Marvel characters he didn't create than what he did um, because it's that ubiquitous. Uh, but yeah, that run of comics is from the Silver Age like that, you know, that really launched the Silver Age of comics and it's just beautiful art. One of the characters who I think is the most underdeveloped and is gonna to continue to be so given the fact that they've just assigned her to yet another dude to write is Sue Storm has so much potential and nobody's, mm. nobody's ever used her right. Nobody's ever really understood that. There's like a flicker of her being great in the Grant Morrison and uh, Jay Lee uh, Fantastic Four little mini series one, two, three, four that they did. Like that was my first inkling of, oh no, of course this woman is super interesting. How would she not be? Yeah. But like they just write her as only being this like mom character with nothing else going on and that's not so anyway they're I would doing love Grant it.
1: Morrison to do more Marvel stuff.
0: I've enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I, I what I love about Grant Morrison is that he's willing to fail. He's willing yes. to he's willing to get pie on his face in in the search of a good story.
0: Well, the most recent episode of Graphic Policy Radio that I taped is about Doom Patrol. We, we'd actually done an episode at the beginning of the series, basically, to tell people, like, is this TV show worth signing up for DC Unlimited for or not? Because that was the question people had in their minds. And
1: Well, mine is, is the new season of Young Justice good enough to warrant... Uh,
0: you mean Teen Titans?
1: No. no oh, the Justice.
0: cartoon Young Justice. Yeah, totally. It
1: is, because Young Justice season one and two is one of my favorite shows of all time. They yes, Brilliantly figured out how to how do you streamline the DC universe in a hundred years into it and they figured it out They really
0: did No, the third season is great. If you had any love for Young Justice, you should dap dap you got DC unlimited servers is really great. I haven't watched Swamp Thing yet, but all my friends love it But they canceled
3: it already. I know
0: who cares. We're gonna enjoy what we have. We're gonna enjoy what we have
3: Oh, you're right
0: (laughs) But Doom Patrol was really great Um, and uh so you know we the new this, our second episode about doom patrol should be coming out pretty darn soon but um of, of, of graphic policy radio but the first one we concluded like yeah the series this is great
1: well, if ever you want an aging hipster who has read comic books his whole life who makes rap music on your show i, I would be happy to talk about comic books yeah we should totally do that yeah, we would love to have and you join sl- us. slept on comic book movies
0: oh that's interesting i skip a lot of any comic book movie that looks bad i don't see so like I never saw Green Green Lantern because that was obviously oh, that, that
1: bad. Wasn't good. I, went, I saw it in the theater.
0: So mm-hmm.
3: I,
1: I I want I want I wish they can't do which is the reason the reason why I like comic books in the first place is you can watch billion dollar movies.
5: Yeah. Like
1: the that ten year run of Jeff Johns Green Lantern is a billion dollar space movie that they can't they can't make that. I think
0: Sandman is unfilmable and they should stop trying. For example. Right. I think some of these things could perhaps be like decades long animated series maybe sure. at best. Mm. But because of the way actors it just but truly they are comics. They are comics. And that's cool.
1: and that's okay. That's what I love about it. But at the same time it is nice. I would like to see I would like to see a weird cosmic Fantastic Four, because cosmic yeah. Fantastic Four is fun. Yeah. Um, but at the same time. Maybe just take a break from movies for a few years. It's not going to happen. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's not printing,
1: the money. Yeah, there. yeah. There's, there's, there's too, there's too much money to be made. But you know, like I really do love the the Superwoman movie from the '80s, Superman oh. Three, Howard the Duck. Uh,
0: I need to see that. I Iron Man, that. Iron
1: Man Three is my favorite superhero movie of all time. Fight Me. All three Dark Man movies. Like um, I mean, believe... Um, Blade one and two, absolutely. Blade two was awesome. Blade, uh, Blade, Blade, Blade two was good. Blade three is, is is a mess.
0: Did not see it, <laughs> yeah. but that's what I mean. Like if, if, if I can tell it's going to be a mess, and people basically are like, this movie is, I'll just skip it. Like I don't need to see it, every it, single it, it movie. It
1: depends on the kind of mess. Because like the spirit is a fun mess. Oh yeah. Sin City two is a terrible mess.
0: I could never. I couldn't. I enjoyed it on a certain aesthetic level because I'm a sucker for noir aesthetics, even if it's not great. But I am. Um, I could never watch that movie again I like do not need to see what happened to his his parole officer like I just this is too much it's
3: too yeah. much you never see Sin City 1 or 2 again oh sorry Sin, sorry. Sin City 1 again okay Blech. that's what I meant yeah. I, I don't know, I feel like Nicky uh, Rourke's performance made that movie because I felt like he was the only person in the cast who would really master the dialogue mm. like, it, it sounded really awkward from a lot of the other people especially yeah. uh uh Rucker Howard. <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of
0: like. Ugh. I'll defend you know, the Josh Hartnett like, performance in that, and the Josh Hartnett performance in um, Black yeah, Dahlia. Cool. There's like one thing he can do, and they had him do it, and that's good. Have him do the thing he can do. He's, lucky, also, lucky lucky numbers, he's also
1: bookended. Lucky know. numbers. Slash. Yeah. Josh Hartnett. He's not. Yeah.
3: He's Nick, like Nick Stahl did okay too. I think. Who did he play? He was uh, yeah, the, yellow he oh, he the... Yellow Oh, shit. You yeah, know, that was good. Yeah, was exactly I don't need to good. watch
0: that again. Too traumatizing, <laughs> but that was there's, good. There's
1: a lot of movie. I mean, I don't like to watch movies too many times once I enjoy them, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, that's, like, for me, like, what we do in The Shadows is the only movie I've seen, like, two times in a row in close proximity where it wasn't about me, like, writing a paper on it or writing analysis of it. Like, that was... That, what we do in The Shadows movie was so good. I saw it, like... We saw it together at home, and then I saw my dad the next week and was like, "You have to watch this with me." When, I never when, do that.
1: When he said, "We're werewolves, not swearwolves <laughs> I died. Yeah, I just I love that sort of shit. I love like the little things. But
0: oh yeah, and those as are
1: as we as we we're gonna start wrapping, wrapping up. things up. Sorry. So you were about to say?
0: Oh look, two of those vampires are like biracial. And did it biracial. ruin the did it ruin the movie for you? Is it unbelievable for you? Like, no. Fuck you. Anyway. As I said, you
1: know, 4chan turns into the 14 words very quickly. Yes.
0: Mm. And it's so sad.
1: The fear, the fear of a black batman, black batman or like... Yeah, I, I, I say this on the show so many times that win, women ghostbusters politicize and radicalize a lot of young men. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Or just be like, oh man, this movie's not great. Or, but not because, like, it's like the movie isn't trying to s- cut off your balls. No. No. no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we noticed, of course, that Magic the Gathering, you have to know, you have to drop this fact. The,
1: the, oh, did you notice all my magic cards?
3: Oh, yes. Um, I did then <laughs> ever since it came up i think on episode 74 i've been like i got to know about scott's cards i got to know but we were talking about avengers you're we talking about uh, uh, the
0: ghostbusters the reference the ghostbusters card
3: oh you know. <laughs> okay uh do you know about the card uh uh kaya the new planeswalker that they made for the sh- for the set well
1: no that she They made her four five or six sets ago for conspiracy take the crown. Yes. She's a ghost assassin and they hired a (laughs) that's right. They hired a cultural person so they could get the character right. Yes. She's a she's an Orzov character (laughs) who can phase through ghosts from Mm -hmm. a plane where she was it seems that she was a queen. And she went to the most recent plane, Ravnica, and became part, became the, killed the ghost council, Obzadot, and became the scion of, of yeah. Orzov, Regretted what she did and became part of the Gate Watch, which is the Avengers for the Marvel characters, yep. and she's trying
3: to right her wrongs. No, who is she? <laughs> hey, I was gonna bring up. The the Russo brothers' involvement with Magic the Gathering, Netflix show, yeah, that is correct. are talking about like, oh, they should make this stuff animated, and that is the path that they're taking. Oh, is Kaya the character? No, that was because yeah, (laughs) Ilana is highly entertained because. Bustin' makes her feel good. <laughs> well, not just
0: that, but her card came out when Women Ghostbusters movie was out. Yeah, like literally magic. And she was very a close. In she, yeah, she's yeah. literally, she she's let literally out a Ghostbuster. Ghost ghost. She stabs ghosts, and her card came out like the day that like and Leslie um, Jones Jones got like chased off of freaking Twitter.
3: And I wanted to be like, I hope Leslie Jones knows that there's a planeswalker for her. You yeah, know, he's, Scott's got sleeves and everything got the, the channel fireball deck box. No, like the reason I can
0: have oh, all the comics is, is that he collects so many oh, comics. the yeah, channel, uh, yeah, channel fireball is for,
1: like... for my Dimir deck. Oh. I I believe I have Kaya in here.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we were thinking like, it's. thank God it's going to be animated. I think that's the only way you could do an you MTG you run any thing. Are you running
1: Orzhov Super Friends in Modern? Uh, no, um, I only play EDH. EDH. This oh. is Orzhov oh, okay. Jank Clerics.
3: <laughs> I made one of those back in the day. A3O's... Being the commander.
1: Oh, um, nice. Yeah. It's in the it's in the hundred. It is in the hundred. Yeah. So we're talking about <laughs> a, a uh, form of magic that is uh, a singleton format, which is currently the most popular format. I thought I had Kai in here. I guess I don't. Um I have her somewhere. Anyways, yeah. They they hired a cultural person to like make sure a consultant. Start, yeah. yeah.
0: And that's such a good idea because we don't know it all. We can't know it all, and there's people who have expertise that we could use them as advice and consultants mm-hmm. and pay them and uh, not make
3: mistakes all the time. It's a good opportunity yeah. to enrich a character rather than, you know, just throw out your best effort. Yeah. Take a risk, you know. Yeah. This way you're you're getting the opportunity to shade them better and maybe discover another angle. Of the character you might not have even thought of which in magic can actually manifest itself as an ability in the game Mm. right and also like like
1: by like different different cultures have different like hierarchies so like like kingdoms and queendoms from sub-saharan Africa and West Africa and Malaysia all are different and that can that can add for a different story. Don't be afraid to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I have to say about that.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I, oh, I'm please. really excited about this. I enjoy your show and like Thank you. Yeah. Frank's like fifty yeah. percent comprised of the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it's um and um I love being able to talk about this combination of m- movies because, like, I, I don't really like when I talk when I cover movies on the podcast because we're trying to stick to a particular theme. We focus on things that are superhero related. So to talk about movies that aren't, I have done that on Wrong Reel and right. on right. you guys, and uh, yeah, I enjoy having that opportunity.
2: Yeah, and like you tell all guests, you guys, you know, open invite to come back. Thank we you. Like having uh, returning guests. So
0: well for folks yeah. who want to keep up with my writing yes, and my tell podcast, where they
2: can find you on social media on the internet's everywhere.
0: So I'm on Twitter. A little bit too much at E L A N A underscore Brooklyn. That's Elana underscore Brooklyn. Graphic Policy Radio is on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and it's now on Spotify. Hooray. A lot of my critical writing goes on graphicpolicy.com, but not always. Um but those are the main those are the main platforms to
3: check me out on.
2: Yeah. Frank, and I, I mean you're not on Twitter, I know, but
3: not so much. You know, but Twitter. I guess if people wanted to criticize my My appearance, my my issue one for my podcast career. You can comment on uh, Marcus's post about this episode. I'll probably see it. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll talk back. It'll be fun.